What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Jobbers Podcast. I'm Cody. And I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. That'll be the only time you'll ever hear me make a Hulk Hogan reference in the positive. I was just about but to say, like, with I'm, you being I'm, a with you being a Hulk Hogan negative Nancy, I didn't expect you to go with that tagline for this one. Hey, I mean that it's it's Independence Day, and as much as I don't like Hulk Hogan, that song's awesome. I was about to say, yeah, he you gotta like his entrance theme at least. That's about the only thing I liked about him. <laughs> well, like we said. Happy Independence Day, everybody. We're recording this on the 4th of July, so if you're listening to us on the 4th of July, thank you. If you're not, hope you have a great Independence Day. Spend time with your family. Thank a veteran today. You know, we live in a country where we are thoroughly blessed to enjoy the freedoms that we have. So thank a veteran, celebrate Independence Day, and have a great one, everybody. Blow some stuff up. There you go. Especially that. Blow some stuff up. But not 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 a house or anything illegal, you know. Fireworks is the way to go. Yeah, not your hands or feet. Yeah, let's keep it all within the legal parameters on this. But all that being said, we got another great episode for you guys today. We are covering Money in the Bank from London, England. We're not actually in London. We're actually on a Zoom call right now. Just so you know, we're not at that point yet. But we are going to go over our reviews for Money in the Bank. I'd say. I don't. I hadn't really talked to you much about it or what your reviews are for it, but I've got some pretty good notes on here from some of the matches on here, and then some things that I sh- I just didn't care for. But like I said, we're going to get into it and just kind of see where we fall on the spectrum of it. But uh, what did you have for your review for the overall night? I guess we can just start from there. Uh, the overall, I gave it uh, a three. Okay, um, I was a little generous. Was... I kind of gave it a four. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but, no, uh, I, I gave it a three. Uh, there was some, there was some really good stuff. I mean, the, the money in the bank matches is always, you know, were the high point right. and really delivered. Um, the civil war was fantastic. Absolutely. But everything else was really not great. Right. Um, and, and we kind of go over each match and just kind of yeah. see what we liked, what we didn't like, and just kind of give our ideas on, things that they could improve in the future. Not saying that they're going to listen to anything that we have to say, which, but. Well, yeah. And I'll also say there's one thing to say. I'm, I'm giving the review based on my reaction as I watched it. Same. I will say there, there was something that happened that I didn't like, or I, I, I didn't like the way it was done. Not that I didn't like it and we'll get into it, but I didn't like the way that it was done. And you can probably pick up on what I'm putting down. I think I know what you're talking it, about. It, very much came out of nowhere, didn't make any sense. But um, since we're actually doing this one a day later than we normally do, I've had a chance to watch Raw from last night. See, and I haven't watched and Raw yet. It's yeah, it's it, what I didn't like on Saturday. I'm liking a lot more after watching uh, Raw last night. Okay, so yeah, I need to go back and watch it at some point because, like you said, it just felt like there were some storylines that were g- going to be created from this. Yep. Uh-huh. But like I said, I got to go back and watch Raw. But we'll start from the beginning. So the men's money in the bank match, I gave it a four. Yeah, I think that's fair. So I mean, it's it's pretty much what we expected. The only thing that I had hoped for during this was that Logan Paul was going to get the crap beat out of him. He did, and yeah, he did. I think we almost had a near near death experience in this. Well, did you see? Uh, did you see at the end of the match 
when they pan over to him real quick, he had a real good laceration on his uh, shoulder. He sure did. From, I think that was from the from table. The, yeah, that was from the table spot. He that was one of those. I, that was one of those uh, spots where I'm not necessarily sure if everything went wrong, and that's why it was a problem, or if it was one of those that was meant to look. You know, like they talk about there are sometimes that. And if you listen to the the Foley is Pod podcast, uh, Foley talks a lot about um, spots that intentionally look like botches, right? To make them look that much more painful and be more, you know, intriguing. I'm not really sure where that one fell in, but if you go back and watch it, Ricochet, you can tell Ricochet is doing everything that he's supposed to be doing, and he does it right. And I think this is where Logan Paul coming in and being in this kind of a match so early on in his wrestling career. Right. He he didn't rotate soon enough. No. And I think it's obvious from what I could see that Ricochet was trying to do everything he could to help yep. protect him in that because 100%. he knows 100% that one wrong move with this and it could possibly in not just one, but both of their careers. Yeah. I mean, it's like you take a Spanish fly and as, as cool as of a, of a move as that is essentially, you got one guy doing a backflip and one guy doing a somersault. It, right. It's, if if timed correctly, it's a super safe move that looks really cool. Right. But of course, on you know on the ropes, going off the apron into a table, you're you're adding multiple layers of danger to the situation. And like I said, if if Logan Paul rotates a little bit sooner, yes, he's totally fine in that spot. Right. But he was he was just a little bit off and his his head was tucked and everything. So like he was like I knew when he hit, I was like, okay, that that wasn't a clean hit. Right. But he's not gonna be super hurt, but he's definitely not feeling good after that. And then when they panned over to him afterwards, uh I was like, Yeah, he's got a significant cut on his shoulder that's gonna require stitches. Right. Yeah, that was the only thing that I was hoping for was that he would actually get to experience like some of the match types that they go through because it's not all just single stuff where you do flips and tricks and everything. Like there are some hard hitting stuff and there's some weapons that come into play that if you don't land properly or you don't take care of the person that you're in the ring with, you're going to get seriously, seriously injured. Another thing I noticed during that match those ladders were sturdy. Oh, yeah. The frog splash move that he did on Priest, that hurt me even, worse than the table spot. Yeah, it didn't even bend the ladder. I mean, we we definitely, I think, you know, we've watched the product long enough, and anybody who's listening that's been a longtime fan, you know, you can kind of look at the ladders and tell which ones are gimmicked and which ones are not based exactly. on the way they bend and move. The these ladders, I don't think I didn't see a single one that that I thought was was gimmicked because exactly. they were very sturdy. And I mean, we had a, a, a good number of spots on the ladders, but we didn't see we didn't have any ladders breaking in half. We did None. not have any, you know, you know, complete wreckage of the ladder like the the body wrecked the ladder, the ladder. <laughs> exactly. Like that, that was, it was a very, it was a, it would look like a, it wasn't as much of a spot fest as some of the other money in the banks, but it was a brutal money in the bank. Like I said, with those ladders being as sturdy as they were, uh, yeah, that frog splash, I think that hurt everybody. Yeah. 
Well, and kind of like it being a spot fest, I think some of the things did turn into a spot fest with like the whole where they try and put the ladder in between one of the, the steps and then connect it to the ropes. It was done for both matches. And I'm just like, if you're going to do something with that, like you don't need to try and recreate another like sunset flip powerbomb for every single ladder match because it's been done yeah. to death. Yeah, the creativity is starting to get a little bit stale in the in the money in the bank. You know, at this point, they've done so many, so it's kind of hard to to bring out anything new. So right. we're definitely, I'm not discrediting the 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 performers, the 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 in ring artists, but there's there's definitely starting to get you know a few a few of the spots are starting to become so predictable and routine that you, it's more pain than it than it's worth. Exactly. But yeah, overall, I thought the match was a four. It only thing I hated about it is that we got robbed of L.A. Knight being Mister Money in the Bank. But yeah, of the other people to win it, I'm okay with Damian Priest winning it. Yeah, now my 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 wife was actually watching with me, and she looked at me and she said, "Is that who you thought was going to win?" And I said, "I I thought he was very likely to win. It's not who I wanted to win. I wanted L.A. Knight to win. Right, but I pretty much." had it in my head that if it wasn't going to be LA night, it was going to be Damian priest. I knew it wasn't going to be Logan Paul. No. Um, the only thing I don't like about Damian priest winning is that that probably. Uh, and for the judgment day. Yeah, it did. Which like, we, we, we can pretty much with uh, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins match here in just a little bit. And some of the things mm -hmm. that I didn't like about that. But uh, going from there, we had the women's tag team match with Rousey and Baszler taking on Rodriguez and Morgan. I gave this match a three. I almost gave it a 3.5 just for the shock factor towards the end of the match where Baszler takes out Rousey. And see, I gave this, ma I gave this match a 2.5, and it probably would have been a three or a 3.5 if not for the abrupt end like it made no sense. Yeah. Like Rousey and Baszler have not been together very long. Right. They have, I mean, they, they've, they've become the women's champions. They've, they've dominated in the short time, but they really haven't had the time to get over like really over or like really find their, their footing as a team to where they're either really big heels or where they could become, you know, actual fan favorites. Right. And the, as well, they haven't had enough time in front of the camera or in the mic to just to, to allude to any issues, you know, or any, you know, unmet expectations or, you know, we've not, we haven't had any inkling whatsoever and they're working fine and they're pretty much brutalizing Raquel and live through this match and then Shayna just decides to, to knock her out right before they're about to win like it it's great shock value but it it's yeah it, it, it doesn't make sense like I said I'm, I'm real like right now I'm giving my reaction as I watched it on Saturday and as, as I watched it on Saturday it was like I I knew that we're gonna get here eventually but it's too soon. Right. Like this is like, these girls have a legitimate long time relationship, friendship, 
there is a story there that they can build, but like, let it breathe out. Let it be a longer storyline that, you know, really allows us to pick sides. Cause right now they're, they're going to have a match between Baszler and Rousey. I'm sure it's going to be at SummerSlam and Rousey and Baszler actually had a really good segment on raw and Baszler gave a great promo and made the rivalry a lot more believable on Monday night, but you still don't really have someone that you're going to root for. Right. Which I need like, to go back and watch Raw and just kind of see, because I've heard heels. that it was really good. Yeah, there's still, but there's, there's still two heels fighting each other. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm just being a little bit too old school, but um, a good rivalry, you, you need to have actually somebody that you want to win, right. as opposed to wanting to just see the two of them brutalize each other. Exactly. I mean, and that's, and that's a good thing, because, I mean, it's not necessarily old-fashioned, because it's something that needs to happen for every match. You need to have a good guy and a bad guy. It doesn't make sense for you to have two good guys facing each other. It doesn't make sense to have two bad guys facing each other. Cause then it's like, who are you going to pull for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my issue with it is like, I get that. Like sometimes, you know, you, you can't give every story, you know, you can't, not every story gets the timeline of the bloodline story, but you know, any, any breakup of a tag team story, you, you need the fans to decide who their who their champion is in that group. Right. And then whether you turn that person heel and they they you know disappoint the crowd and make the other person the face, or you know, the the person who knows that they're number two in the group gets angry. I mean you look you go back and you look at like the edge and Christian rivalry, you know, even like when the Hardy boys had a had a rivalry against each other. Right. You know, they, they, they have all of these, you know, and then tag teams that eventually fight each other. And by the time they fought each other, the crowd had chosen who they wanted to win. Right. They knew who they and were going to so side That's with. why the rivalry works. In this situation, the crowd doesn't care. They yeah. don't like Rousey. They probably like Baszler a little bit more just because uh, just like she says in the segment I don't want to give too much away but the fact that she did pay her dues she came in through NXT worked you know in the NXT and then made her way on to you know the the main show whereas Rousey walked in and you know was in the main event of WrestleMania within 2 months of arriving right so I mean, there's definitely a story there, and I think, based on what I saw on Monday, that it could be better than I expected. But when I was watching it on Saturday, it it really just left me with a bad taste in my mouth the way that they did it, and um, that's 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 one that's one crotchety old man's opinion. That's all right. And then we move on to Matt Riddle versus Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship. I give this match a three because it was okay. But Mm -hmm. the the thing that brought it to a three for me, because I was about to give it a two was the shock at the end when we see McIntyre come out and to Gunther. But yeah, the ending for this match was so stupid. Like the chops to the foot at the end and then putting him in a submission. (laughs) I'm like, really? That's how you're going to end this match. Yeah. It's like, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I gave the match a two. I I I did give it the two because, truthfully, it that this was this was the get up and go pee match for me. 
Like I knew Gunter's winning. So not bought in at all. Right. I mean, there's uh, no way he's going to beat him. Yeah. The, the, the match itself. I mean, they, they wrestled. <laughs> I, I can, yeah, but exactly. said, there was, there was nothing. Nothing was really, nothing was really done. This, this match, the whole point of this match was to get to the end of it. Right. Um, and so I think for this the will be a build up after, to SummerSlam. The build up to SummerSlam, you know, I was, like I said, that's the most exciting part of the match was when it was over. Exactly. And, which is sad. And then when McIntyre comes out to a great ovation and, you know, we know we're going to get McIntyre versus Gunter. And so, you know, you're going to get another European strong style match at SummerSlam. I'm all about that segment, you know, four stars. But the, the actual wrestling match, like I said, two stars. Um, if they, they could have, they could have shortened that match uh, by at least five minutes and it would have been the same match. Agreed. So yeah, there, there was nothing to that match. But then we get into another kind of medium, not really anything to it match where we had Dominic Mysterio versus Cody Rhodes. Same thing on this one. I just gave it a three just because it was an okay match. And there was nothing to this. There was nothing really exciting. There wasn't anything too horrible. It was just an okay match. Yeah, I kept waiting for Lesnar to come out and pair Cody apart. And for Dominic to get a cheap heel win. Right. And instead, you know, it's Cody wins. Great. But Cody beating Dominic Mysterio does nothing for Cody. Right. And, well, and I think if it, if they had gone the other route where Lesnar comes out and destroys him, then Dominic gets a cheap heel win. Me personally, I feel like that buries Rhodes. Just because yeah. he lost to Brock Lesnar. And then he lost to, like he's lost to Roman Reigns. Then he loses to Brock Lesnar, and then now he's loses to Dominic Mysterio. I feel like that just buries him, and people don't give him any credibility to be able to win championship gold in WWE after that point. But that's just my. I opinion think if he loses, to, I think if he loses to Dominic, you know, in a clean manner, then yeah, that absolutely buries him. But I don't think that it buries him at all if Brock comes out and F fives him three times. And then Dominic just gets the pin. I mean, at that at that point, it all that does is just incite Cody even more for the Brock Lesnar match, and then he gets his heat back when he beats Brock at SummerSlam. Right. Yeah, I, I'm gonna see that. But yeah, if it was a clean win for Dominic, yeah, then Rhodes would be buried. Or if we had Rhea Ripley interfering and doing the rip title on Cody, and then Dominic picking up the win, yeah, that would have buried him even further. Boy, do I love watching Rhea Ripley. Uh, I wish she would wrestle more often instead of trying to be Dominic Black. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, though. It's, it's it's a shame that literally the only bit of Rhea Ripley we see in the entire pay-per-view is her coming out with Dom. Exactly. It's like, this is the this is what I would... like. Arguably, this is the best female wrestler in the entire roster. And the only bit of wrestling... The only bit of... of not wrestling, the only bit of performing she does is on the ring apron exactly just running interference and just like egging the guys to hit her or do anything and it's just ridiculous I'm, i want to see her wrestle i'm tired of seeing her just be in the corner like another china with eddie guerrero situation yep which i think is what they're trying to go for with this whole segment but well i mean very much so with you know the i'm your mommy and stuff like that i mean that's gotten over 
huge. Right. So I, I get them milking it, but yeah, the unfortunate result of that aspect of the character getting over so well is that, yeah, we're getting the mommy character more than, you know, Rhea Ripley, the annihilator. Exactly. And then I added this just cause I thought it was wow. I did not expect this was when John Cena made an appearance. Yeah. That surprised everybody. I was like, wait a minute, what's he doing here? But then, so I gave this segment a three star just because I want to see WrestleMania London. I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. No, I mean, that that's, I mean, I think Cena coming out and talking about it, they didn't confirm it. They didn't say, okay, it's going to be this year. But the way that WWE is and just the way that any company that has half a brain is, is you don't you don't say something like that in a crowd that big that's going to, you know, that, you know, is going to be on the news and in the you know headlines for weeks to come. If you're not already like if the backdoor dealings have have had to have been done. And the, oh, absolutely. You know, it's, all, it's all but been announced. I mean, you guys like they're, they're paying for John Cena to come out and literally hype it up. It's all but a done deal. Right. And so, I can only so, imagine the hype that we're going to get whenever WrestleMania XL comes out in Philadelphia. We're going to see an ad for it at some point where it's going to be WrestleMania yeah. London at uh, Wembley Stadium. Yep. Yep. It, yeah. It, it's 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 coming. They don't they don't do stuff like that. That they they're not already fully committed to, if anything, that's just a yeah, that's just a teaser and it's a hype to go ahead and and have people start, you know, saving their coins and, uh, you know, their vacation days. And then we skip over into the women's money in the bank match. And I'm not going to touch a whole lot on this. I will just say I gave this a four star as well. Also, it, the fact that that was probably the best finish that they could have had to the match was when Becky Lynch and Bailey were handcuffed by EO Sky. And then EO ends so- up taking the victory over it. I thought that was a pretty good finish in my opinion. Oh, so yeah, no. So like I said, when we were talking about the men's, the, 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 we've had quite a few money in the bank matches now, you know, like in the 30, over 30 money in the bank ladder matches possibly at this point. Uh, I don't know exactly what the number is, but it, we, we've definitely had a lot. And like I said, there's a lot of spots that have become old hat. Right. This was something creative and new and different. And it was fantastic, and I love that that EO won. Me too. I, um, I think other people I love there, I would have loved to see her be the one to pull out the victory in this. Other than her, I would have been okay with. Like, I'm glad Becky Lynch didn't win. I'm glad Bailey didn't win because they don't need it. We, they don't need it exactly. They don't need it. I would have loved to see between the other ones, either EO Sky or even Zelina Vega. I don't think Zelina's ready yet. Um, just being being dead honest, I mean she she doesn't have anything that that to me like she was to me. I still think of her more of a man as a manager than a wrestler. And I, you know, the stuff that she did with Andrade and NXT, and even some of the stuff she did with Andrade and um, what was it Angel Angel Garza. Angel Garza, 
yeah like that they did during the COVID era um really really good i like her way more as a heel than as a face so like right now this whole thing they're doing with the lwo the lwo is cool but i i honestly don't know that the lwo is really getting the you know santos escobar uh the joaquin wild and what's the other guys whatever the other guy's name is if you don't even know his name it's not really getting them anymore uh, raul mendoza Rob Mendoza, yeah. The LWO is like more like a nostalgia act for Eddie Guerrero in memoriam. Right. And not something that's getting the actual members over. Right. I think for them to actually get over, they would need a heel turn for the whole group. Yeah. Yeah. Like turn on Rey Mysterio and yeah, go go full, go full heel. And they say, like, when you have someone like Zelina Vega that's diminutive in size. I mean, we've seen diminutive female wrestlers like when Alexa Bliss first came into the main roster. You know, cheat, lie, steal, do whatever you need to do to win the match. Exactly. That's believable. That makes sense. We can bite our teeth into it. But, you know, just like we talked about when they, when they had Zelina versus Rhea in Puerto Rico, we understand why that match was booked because you're booking the hometown princess, but nobody for two seconds believes she has any chance of winning against Rhea Ripley. No. So Zelina winning the title or, or winning the money in the bank in this situation and the company saying, yes, we're going to put the rocket strap on you and we're going to push you. It's like, okay, well, you know, she might be able to get a cheap, quick win with the case, but I don't believe she's going to be able to hold the title. Meanwhile, someone like EO Sky, with all the credit she has just before she ever even came onto the main roster, and you know, her ability, even though she doesn't speak the language, to connect with the crowd with her facial expressions. Right. You know, put her versus Asuka in a match, and you have like a Japanese strong style match between those two females who are very familiar with each other internationally that's going to be a very well overmatch and i can't wait to see that match it's going to happen at some point yep and then we get into seth rollins versus finn balor for the world heavyweight championship now this one almost was five stars for me mm -hmm. but the ending is what spoiled it for me agreed yeah i gave this i gave this four stars um was not happy with the ending um, for more, you know, for multiple reasons. One, I wanted Finn to win. Same. Um, which but, which would have made sense because he's waited so long to do this. And honestly, I thought Priest coming out was going to actually benefit that, and yeah. it would have been great for the storyline because he's taking this time to help bring gold to the Judgment Day because you've got the World Heavyweight Championship, then you got Mister Money in the Bank, and then you've got the yep. Women's World Heavyweight Championship, and then. All you need is for Dominic Mysterio to pull out a cheap win and get uh, the Intercontinental Championship or whatever is on Raw at this point. And then you've got a formidable faction, but now we're going with the whole destruction or dissension in the Judgment Day segment where Finn and Priest are going to be at odds with each other. And then where does that leave Rhea and Dominic? It's, it's, it could have been a whole lot better. Yep, yep. You've got the bloodline story that's seemingly coming to an end. And I guess maybe they're 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 seeing you know they're wanting to maybe 
do a similar story with the judgment day coming to an end. But yeah, I'm, I feel like the judgment day has so much more juice left in it. And you look at them and like, just like I said, Brock coming out and, you know, annihilating Cody, adding to their rivalry doesn't hurt. Uh, to me, it doesn't hurt Cody. And Dominic winning cheap is great. It's funny. Like, like he yeah. can sit there and celebrate like a little sissy girl that he yeah. is. And it builds and his heel it persona. Will get, it will get him that much. It would get him that much more heat. Damien wins the money in the bank. And then, yeah, Damien comes out and helps Finn win back the title that he never lost. Right. And the and Judgment Day is the most at that point after the Civil War that's that's, that's happening in the same pay per view. The Judgment Day is now the most over supreme powerful faction in all of the WWE, and that right. to me is a much cooler story. It's much more compelling. But now, yeah, we're getting the dissension. We're getting the disintegration of the Judgment Day, and instead of getting a cathartic for many fans moment of to say Finn Balor winning back the title. He never lost instead of getting to be like, at least enjoy that for a second. Right. See, and here's what we I would have done with that storyline. Have Finn win the match. Mm -hmm. And then you have judgment day protecting him and keeping the title within there and then build it up to, I'd say the Royal rumble. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, that's when you have a celebratory moment with all four members of the Judgment Day, and then Priest just lays out Finn out of nowhere. You have yeah, that shock value. It's a callback to, call you... to when Priest lays out Edge. Exactly. Well, go but, ahead. But no, yeah, I mean that was just that's an idea that I just actually just thought of just now. I mean, it makes sense to just keep that storyline building and building. Like, is Priest going to ever cash in on Finn, or is he going to mm -hmm. try and? wait until Finn loses and then pick up the title and keep it within the judgment day. And it would just help that storyline to just build and build to where it's like with the bloodline, you have this formidable faction on raw that is collecting gold and winning everything that they possibly can. And then now because of egos, it's starting to crumble. Yep. And it's, it, it, no, it works. It, it's it, it, it works and it works every time. And if it, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about this many times, you know, classic storytelling is classic for a reason because it works and there's no reason to, to, to do anything different if what you're doing is working. And let's say the judgment day is over. Rhea Ripley is over. Damian Priest is over. Dominic is probably the most hated heel in the entire company right now. Exactly. Um, like he can't get two words in. Every time he puts his, his his mouth to the microphone, the entire crowd stops him. That's right. Uh, you know, and let's say Finn's been over forever. Um, and, you know, we know that Seth is, is, is doing stuff in Hollywood and that he's going to be at some point, like at some point the, the belt's going to come off Seth in the next little bit here because it has to because of his scheduling conflicts. Right. Why not put it on Finn? Exactly. You got someone that is going to be pretty much the workhorse and has been for years on end. It makes sense. But yep. who knows? Maybe uh, we'll so get a continuation of it. Maybe we won't. We'll just have to see how everything plays out leading up to SummerSlam. Yeah. No, hope, hopefully we'll get another opportunity and they won't just move on to the next thing. But it being WWE, that's probably what they'll do is just move on to the next 
And this was the wrap. This was a, a very pathetic wrap up to a, a seven long year rivalry that has all the potential in the world to be one of their best storylines. And they just kind of did a one-off. Exactly. So yeah, that's super frustrating. Then finally we end the night with the bloodline civil war between the Usos and Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. This was five stars. Absolutely. I think we can all agree that this was five stars. Great storytelling all throughout the match. Great back and forth. This is why I've been invested with WWE. This is the only reason why they keep yep. me in tune is because they have this storyline that has me invested every and single Friday night. And it keeps you guessing. Exactly. Because you never know. Is is everybody going to leave Roman? Is Solo going to turn on him? Is somebody going to join the Usos? What's going to happen? Is anybody going to join the Bloodline now? Which, honestly, I feel like it's going to happen at some point. Because, I mean, this is part of the, the whole rumor mill in WWE where people are starting to say that Roman's going to start recruiting new people into the Bloodline. Which, and there's yeah. still plenty of people that are in the Anawahi family that can make oh, yeah. that jump. So there's no shortage of people that can join. No, there's, yeah, there's at least five or six people in the Indies now that are part of the Anawaii family that could, you know, sign on, become, you know, members of Roman's bloodline. I think and, I remember watching a video with, uh, it was Chris Van Valet and uh, Rikishi, and he asked him to, like, give a family tree of everybody in the Anawahi family because he, he made the comments, like, I can't keep up with anybody. He's like, pretty much everybody's just cousins to him. Yeah. No, and I mean that's that is it's very true. Like I said, there's there's so many people who either share the direct bloodline or are part of the, you know, what is it like, you know, like the way that the rock is related to the family is not through blood, but through like they they call him, you know, high chief, um, was a blood brother. Right. Um you know, to the actual Anawaii. The Mayavia family is not blood to the Anawaii family, but they're they're all but. Right. So I mean, yeah, there there's there's definitely a lot of there's a lot of options for the bloodline story. Yeah, if you want to get into the weeds of the actual family tree, um, I think it's on Wikipedia for anybody who's curious. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you can go and look and see who all's kin to who, who all's related, how they all fare, and everything on Wikipedia or on the internet. But yeah, but yeah, no, it's, I'm just it, interested I, to this, see where this goes from here because do we get another Jey Uso versus Roman for the title? I think so. I think. We, I think. I think uh, you're going to see Jay. I think it's going to be Jay versus Roman at SummerSlam. Which and I could see the other as well. I could see Jimmy versus Roman or whichever but yeah i mean i'm excited to see where it goes and see what they do from here yeah the, what just blew my mind was just the match the match was absolutely fantastic the pacing the storytelling everything they did was was really well done and it kept you it kept me guessing the entire time i mean like i i went into the match thinking okay if if the usos manage to win they're, they're gonna pin sokoa so that's what i thought but, too but I was also still thinking, like you know, the Usos might win like a moral victory, but Roman still, Roman still wins, right? 
And as the match goes on, I count, I found myself leaning from one side to the next. Uh, at the moment where he where he stacked both of them on top of each other, and it was I thought repeat. that was it. I thought that was it, and I was I was not happy about. It. I was like, this sucks. They're just gonna bury both of them, and then they kick out. And I was, you know, I say I marked out at that moment, and yeah. I was like, no, dude, they're gonna let him win. But I, once again, like I said, kept us guessing. I never predicted that they're gonna that that Roman would actually lose for the first time in like three years. Yeah, because this is the first time that he's been pinned in three years. Yeah. So the whole mystique that Roman is unbeatable is now gone. He yep. is beatable. Yep. He can be beat, and but it, who is it? Get, you gotta love beat? This, you gotta love Paul Heyman's faces during during all that stuff too. And you look at you look at Paul's face and you. You know, you're watching it. And you go, does he stick by a losing commodity? Exactly. Like his facial expressions and his uh, mannerisms that he does at ringside are what make the match even better because he is fantastic in what he does. Well, he like I say, he he adds so many layers. Just like I said, with facial expressions or like little little statements here and there. Right, you know, like in the in the middle of the match, Roman goes up to Paul and he's like, "Here's what I don't like." Oh yeah, I remember that second it, where he's like, he's, "They oh. want you to you and your children to eat at their table." Yeah, and 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 not the other, and, was, and and like Roman, you can just see the like inciting Roman, like it's just making him just fume inside. And I just thought, wow, what what a what a what a you know, just like I say, what a great little nuanced thing to be able, you know, that, that, you know, they, they time it just right. And to say, it, it, it's, you know, that Heyman's got such a, um, a fingerprint on this entire thing. Like you, there's the bloodline storyline, you know, how Roman Reigns has evolved as a, as a character, you know how he's gotten better. How he's gotten so much better on the microphone, so much better. You know at at really doing those those fine tuned things that makes a wrestler great and not just good. It's all from Paul and, Heyman. Oh yeah, not not even a question. Yeah, but yeah, this whole match was just phenomenal all the way through, and I and I can't like I said I can't wait to see where we go from after this. Leading up to SummerSlam, yeah, I mean, I it, it's it's so good. You, you don't want it to come to an end, but at the same time, like you need it to come to an end, and you need right. to have a resolution. It's and just so, like, how can you end it from here? Yeah, that's not going to be disappointing to fans where they're like, "No, we want more. We want to see more of this." Well, I'm just I was what I'm curious about is just now that you say now that roman's lost and he's he's lost that mystique and i said the the bloodline story maybe coming to an end you know maybe at SummerSlam, right but the roman reigns story is still going to go on past the bloodline story just like you said he might recruit and bring some more people in i don't i don't know i i really don't know where they go from here but at the same time you're not going to throw away a thousand days with, with the bloodline story as well. Exactly. And you've still got at the back and you got to keep in the back of your mind 
you know, Cody's still coming after that title. He's got to get past Brock. That's going to come at SummerSlam. But are we going to, you know, how? what are they going to do next to keep Cody and Roman away from each other for the next six months? Because we're it's like we're we're getting to the midpoint of the of the professional wrestling fiscal year, you know. SummerSlam is the is the midpoint. We're halfway there, right? You know, we're we're not at WrestleMania yet, and, you know. And once like, we get on the road to WrestleMania, I feel like this is just ahead. in my personal opinion. I don't know if it'll be possible. The only way I see it happening is Rhodes being a back to back Royal Rumble winner. They've done that before with with Austin. They've, uh, I mean, honestly, what I think Stone Cold Steve Austin won three Royal Rumbles. Yeah, uh, I think um, somebody I mean, else won back to back Rumbles. I can't remember who it was though. But um, they've it done Stone Cold. Stone Cold won back to back, and technically, it back to back to back. Yeah. Um, cause he won the, he actually won the Royal Rumble. Uh, but in one of the rare cases of it happening, he won the Royal Rumble, uh, for in 97, but then had the match with Bret Hart in the, the I quit match or the submission match. Right. And WrestleMania 13. And then he won the Royal Rumble and faced Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14. And then he won. Well, no, I think it was Mr. McMahon that won after that. Mr. And then McMahon it was Stone technically Cold. won the Royal Rumble, but of course, the <laughs> when he when he pulled himself out of WrestleMania, the runner-up then became the contender. So, like I said, that's the the technicality right. of it is is that he didn't technically win the Royal Rumble in '99, but he he technically also did like, I mean, it's like if, uh, in any other competition, if you're the runner up and then the champion can't proceed, then, you know, there might be an asterisk next to your name, but you, you are the winner there. Right. But yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It, it's possible that it could happen, but we'll just have to see. We are going to get roads and reigns at SummerSlam or not. Sorry. Uh, WrestleMania. It's going to happen. Yeah. It it's going to happen. happen. Yep. It, it's going to happen. Has to happen. And it's just the question of, of what are they going to do to keep those two away from each other until then? Um, but I love that. Like, I, I love it when you know where something's going to get to, but you've got, uh, obstacles along the way. Right. That reminds me of old attitude era storytelling. You know, I say where you knew the rock and stone cold, were going to end up against each other at WrestleMania 15, but you had the whole mankind and rock storyline in the middle and you had the Vince and stone cold storyline in between everything. And it's like, you knew they were going to get there, but you were really enjoying the side stories along the way right. before you got to the, the main event. Exactly. And it's that's like, when, we're taking a long road trip. We're taking some sightseeing trips here, or there, seeing some things on the side of the road here, but it's all about that journey. And then when we yep. get to the final resting place or the final stop, then it's like, man, that was a great ride. Yep. And that's the that to me, that's when when the writing and the stories and professional wrestling is at its best is when you have the long arc, but with the let's say the sub, the 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 you know, the middle, the short, like I said, everything is layered, but it all goes together. It's all part of the journey. And then to say you get to a final story, you know, at, at a WrestleMania and
you you have a you have a finish and right. it's exciting to to watch that to see that at NWW again because it it's been gone for a long time um so let's just hope that they can keep it going for a while and hopefully other companies can take notes as well well i will say um you know i don't I, I know we're not doing a full review of of the whole week but i will say dynamite and collision were both fantastic this past week right um they have really kicked it into a, 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 a you know a next gear with an AEW. Uh, you know, we talked about the Japanese style of wrestling at Forbidden Door, and the storytelling was not there. Well, Wednesday was one hundred percent American wrestling with Japanese wrestlers, and the storylines were there. And it's like the Moxley Ishi match on Wednesday to me was better than most of the matches at Forbidden Door. Because right. of the storytelling. Um, and then, you know, Collision was great, too. Um, we know at the end of Collision, we're going to have Punk Joe 4. I can't wait. It, I mean... If you were a true wrestling fan, you better be watching that match come Collision. Yeah, I mean, I'm just sitting here. I'm thinking, you know, this is... I never thought I'd see those two wrestle each other one-on-one ever again and then of course like you know a couple weeks ago they get in the same ring together and it's a great moment we talked about it but you know in a tag team match it's a little bit different we're gonna get those two in a one-on-one match and i you know i'm gonna be marking out i'm gonna go ahead and say yep i i am i'm so excited to watch that match uh you know it'll have nostalgia but it'll all i mean those guys are still good both of them are still you know, it's one thing when you see a match between two old rivals, but they're both well past their their prime, and, you know, it's just a money grab. These guys can both still go. And, yeah, Punk's been a little bit injury-prone, and so has Joe. But on any given night, both of those guys can still have the best match of the entire, you know, card. Absolutely. So it's, it's very, like I say... It, Man, it, it it is such a good time to be a pro wrestling fan right now. And we have our ebbs and flows, our ups and downs. But we are, you know, anybody who's not aware, we are in the upswing. And this is just a great time to be a pro wrestling fan. Um, you know, so I, I, I hope it lasts. Me too. Hopefully we stay on the ups for a long time. But we'll see how things go. But that's pretty much all we have for our reviews. Guys, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you haven't subscribed to anything that we have, we're on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere you can find podcasts. Also, we are on social media at Five Star Jobbers. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and hopefully on other social media platforms in the future. But once again, thank you for listening and keep it five stars.